Good afternoon, good evening, good morning, wherever you are. Thank you for joining the Tangent Talk. We're back in the studio with another interesting episode. And I'll be honest with you, this one may be a little sensitive for most of our listeners. We're talking today about corporal punishment in the Black community. And there's so many different ways in which we could have created the title for this episode. We could talk about bodily integrity. We could talk about spare the rod. We could talk about spankings, adults and children. There's so many different titles, but for the interest of the um, episode here, we're going to talk about corporal punishment in the Black community. I really wanted to focus on as a team, we wanted to focus on the most recent incident in celebrity news, and that is focused around Caesar Emanuel of the Black Ink crew. So many of you may have heard the story. Caesar Emanuel's daughter, a 16-year-old, alleges that because she did not do a household chore, washing the dishes, that her father and his, and I'm not sure if it's a fiance or girlfriend, but let's just call her his partner, right? Caesar's partner decided that they were going to discipline her. So she is alleging that her father pulls her out of the shower. So therefore she's naked and he proceeds to using her words, stomp her out. So not only is she receiving spankings by hand, but apparently he also puts his feet on her. I'm going to pause right there because just even saying it makes me cringe. Tee off, dark one, Helbra, what are you hearing when you read the story for yourself or what are you hearing in what I've just shared? I mean, for me, it's pretty just crazy. What are your thoughts? Just abuse. Yeah, abuse. That's what I'm hearing. Yeah, I'd say about three or four different kinds of abuse. Yeah. And especially harrowing kind of abuse that a father should not commit on his daughter. Not that any abuse is justifiable, but from a father-daughter dynamic, there are better times. Even if you were to ever do that, there's a much better time to pick to do that than when she's in the shower. That's borderline perverse. It's perverse. And it's also just a humiliation tactic. I don't know if you all saw the movie The Dark Crystal. Am I the only one here that's seen it? You might be. Oh, okay. I think I've seen The Dark Crystal. Are you talking about uh, like okay. the, the old movie, The Dark Crystal? Yeah, something to, yes. tells me I think I've seen that before. Yes. Yeah, I've seen it. And there's there's a scene where the, um, I, I promise this is relevant, but there's a scene where the, the cha- I believe it was the chancellor that they had a battle and then the punishment if you lose the battle was that you were stripped of your royal robes and basically defrocked and humiliated. You were stripped down naked. It's kind of like Game of Thrones, walking the queen through the streets, ringing the bell. Shame, shame. Yeah, it's dastardly humiliation tactic. Yeah, that was my point. It's just the the defrocking for the sole purpose of humiliation. Yeah, and you know- That's not parenting. That's not parenting, but you know, Thank you for sharing that tee off. And I stand corrected. I, I'm the only one <laughs> that hasn't seen it. So I'm glad Dark Juan and Ildris have. But you're right. It is relevant because of the shame associated with that. And, you know, I heard Dark Juan say earlier that no father should do that to his daughter. If you will, Helbra, you know, before we came into studio, you were reminding us of an incident that happened right here in Atlanta, Georgia, where many of the uh, cast members live. 
where a uh, pastor was alleged to to do something quite similar. I mean, his daughter wasn't showering and he didn't put his feet on her. But remind us of that story, if you will. Refresh our memories. Sure, I'll make it as quick as possible with hitting the important points. But uh, in 2012, a pastor, Creflo Dollar World Changes Church, pretty nationally popular, but of course, especially popular in the Atlanta area. His then 15-year-old daughter called the police on him and he was charged with a battery of her. According to everybody's statements, it was 1 a.m. on a Friday night. His 15-year-old daughter was requesting to go uh, to a party. According to him, he said no. Uh, The reasoning being her grades in school were very bad. And she went to the kitchen and she was crying. Her then 19-year-old sister was consoling her. I guess whatever they were saying or whatever she was saying made Pastor Dollar so upset that, according to them, he ran into the kitchen and just began assaulting her. The 19-year-old daughter, according to the police report, corroborates the story. I believe that happened in June 2012. And he was charged and convicted in that August. So um, he still denies it. But yeah, I guess we can, everybody will have different opinions and has had different opinions on that. But, you know, not surprisingly, um, his followers, as far as in the church, they all still support him and still yeah, did I support him in that, that situation, still do. When he returned to church after the incident, he was received with a standing ovation by his congregation for beating his daughter. Wow. Well, thank you, Helbra, for bringing up the refreshing our memories and our listeners' memories about that. And for some who may not have even heard it, maybe they're hearing it first here, they can, of course, do the research. And as Tioff mentioned, the standing ovation as Pastor uh, Dollar returned to his congregation. You know, I wanted Helbra to share that with us in the context of what we're discussing today, because when we talk about corporal punishment in the Black community, often there's this intersection of religion and what we believe is discipline. And I'm hearing many of the cast members say, it sounds like abuse. So we'll unpack these two stories. Of course, the the story that is now several years old that Helper has reminded us of, and the more recent story of Caesar Emanuel. We'll unpack both. But I think what's important here is that as we step through this, we will be sharing as cast members our own personal experiences with corporal punishment within our own homes. And it's really important for me to understand what's next for the Black community, the Black and Brown communities as it relates to corporal punishment, right? Is it in fact to ensure that our children do not grow up to become deviant? Is it to ensure that parents maintain the upper hand in the household, pun intended as well? You know, what is it? Why is corporal punishment important or is it important? And so one of the things I thought would be interesting here to consider is what have our personal experiences been? So I'm going to ask the cast a couple of questions. There are no right or wrong answers, but we'll go around the table here and just answer these questions. So the first one is to you, off, and everyone will answer. In your view, is spanking a form of discipline, a form of love, or both? That's really tough to answer. I mean, traditionally, we've been conditioned to believe that it's both. But the thing about it is, it's so many factors at play when a parent decides to physically discipline a child and where they are mentally, because 
if that parent already has abusive tendencies, it's not going to be coming from a place of love. It's just going to be, you've made me angry and now you need to be punished because you've made me angry or you've made me feel embarrassed or you upset me. So it's really individual in how each parent approaches it because on the surface that sounds, because we in the Black community, we grew up believing that spanking is a normal form of discipline. And those of us who were spanked, you know, a lot of us will say, oh, well, I was spanked and I turned out fine. And a lot of times we're really not fine. And we don't realize till later when we're sitting in therapy that we're really not fine. But it's just, it's hard to say because it looks good on the surface, but it's really not in so many ways. Received. And so as we continue around the panel, you know, we, we will talk more, right? We will do a deeper dive on these questions. But in short answer, Dark One, and thank you for your response, Tioff, the question is the same. In short answer, is spanking a form of discipline, love, or both in your view? Dark One? I don't think it's a form of love. I do think it is, you know, a form of discipline. What was the third choice? Is it discipline, love, or both? Okay, yeah. No, I think it's definitely discipline. I don't think it's love. You may get disciplined because you are loved, but I don't think it's the manifestation of love per se. I think, however, that in some cases, discipline is necessary. I won't say that spanking is the best way to do it. However, from my personal experience, I got, I think most of the spankings I got, I earned and they were hold that hold that thought dark one you're you're getting ahead because that was going to be my next question so hold that thought hold that mm -hmm. thought the next question for the panel is going to be about our own personal experiences around spankings or beatings but um great response so now helbra you get the same question short answer is spanking helbra a form of discipline love or both help say discipline and discipline, discipline. okay so you if and you and dark one <laughs> <laughs> right. You and Dark One are leaning towards discipline. Tee off, you, I don't think you shared specifically, and if you did, my apologies, did you say in your readout well, that it's discipline or love or both? Well, I was just saying, you know, generally speaking, we've been conditioned to believe it is that it's both, but I think I will go back and agree with the fellas that it's discipline. Understood. So now the next question that Dark Juan was getting ahead of us on, which is good because he's always thinking ahead. Did you all receive spanking as a child? And here's the and. Would you, if you have children now or plan to have children in the future, would you also spank your children? So we'll start this time with Helbra. Helbra, did you get spanking as a child? Just a yes or no answer. And would you spank or choose to, air quotes, discipline your child through spanking if you should have children in the future? Yes, I was, but I don't see it as a tool I would use for raising my child. Okay. And what about you, Darquan? Um, you get yeah, spanking got... as a child, and would you use, since you and Helbra shared that spanking is a form of discipline, would you choose to use this as a form of discipline for your child um, should you choose to have one in the future? Yeah, I got my fair share of spankings. And I think that under certain circumstances, I would use spankings as a form of discipline. Okay. And as Tioff comes to the mic, I'll share a little bit about me. I know I've put the cast on the hot seat. For me, yes, I got spanking as a child in many different forms, whether it was with a slipper or the hand or a belt. I will tell you, before I did the research for this topic, I was definitely thinking, yeah, that's how I would discipline my child if I have one. 
And um, I got to tell you, my position on this has changed. So back to you, Tioff. Did you get spanked as a child and or would you use this as a form of discipline for your children? Um, I was actually abused as a child, honestly speaking. And I do have one child and that wasn't it wasn't my go-to form of punishment when I felt it was warranted, but it wasn't like a situation where that was, if my child got a line of, oh, I'm just going to beat her, that that was never, and even she says, you know, she recalls the spankers that she got, she deserved them, but but it was not like a main source of discipline. For me, it was more timeouts and punishments and restrictions for her. Got that. And so this is good. And this is why, and I appreciate the cast being courageous and honest enough to share authentically. This is why I wanted to start out the conversation from our own personal experiences, because we all know that our personal experiences often shape our thoughts about some of the more controversial topics that we discuss here at the Tangent Talk. And so, you know, earlier I talked about this being a topic in the black and brown communities. Do we agree that when we hear the word spanking, we automatically think of black and brown communities? Yeah, Renee team. Is that what we automatically go to? If we hear someone's being, you know, spanked in a grocery store, do we automatically assume, yeah, we know the ethnicity of that parent? <laughs> They're probably oh, yeah. black or brown. Oh, Is that yeah. what we do? Well, oh, yeah. you know, the studies will show that corporal punishment cuts across the racial lines, right? It's not just within the black or brown communities. Of course, our cast happens to be 100% African-American, West Indian American as well. And so we are speaking from our vantage point, but I, I think it's important to note that the studies will show corporal punishment cuts across the racial lines. That being said, what are your thoughts? And I know many of you have either researched or practiced other religions outside of the traditional European introduced religion of Christianity. What are your thoughts about how other religions view corporal punishment? And specifically, you know, we've talked on the show about Black identity and the diaspora, right? And so I think about West African cultures where children are essentially revered and considered to be our ancestors reborn. When we think about it from that aspect, should children be disciplined? That's up for anyone. When I think about it from that aspect, sometimes many of us have ancestors that need a spanking. So, um, <laughs> wait, <it's> what? Like, <laughs> <laughs> Expound our cause. Just because they're, they're our ancestors doesn't mean that they did right by us. So because some when it really comes down to it, some of our ancestors spanked our forefathers, which led to us getting spanked. You know what I mean? So it started all with them when it really comes down to it. So they passed it down through generations. So when you look at it like that, you can see that we are a manifestation of what those ancestors created. So but I think it's really situational more than anything. You know, it's not just it can't be just a blanket statement. Like, for instance, well, and I hope I'm not jumping ahead again, but let me put it in a figurative sense then. If you are disciplining your child for something that was a life-threateningly bad decision that they made, in my mind, something like that would be more justified than, oh, you left the back door open, you know, at the house or something. So even though that could threaten your life too. But yeah, if, you know, if they're doing things that could get them killed, you may find a greater justification for disciplining them through corporal punishment than if they are just doing something minor. Okay. Yeah, I, I can understand that. Anyone else? 
you know, and again, I'm speaking in this instance about West African culture. Children are revered. Children are considered our ancestors reborn. Do we even need to discipline children then? Is there another way? Dark Juan talks about if there's something that is endangering a child's life, perhaps, yes, that's where disciplining is necessary. I can understand the argument. Do you guys agree or disagree? Well, yeah. I'm not of West Indian culture, so I, I never heard that before. But I don't know. It's so, it's so tough because spanking is so much a part of our culture that I don't even think we think about it that deeply. It, a lot of Black families, you know, parents just spank their children because they think that's what they're supposed to do. I don't really right. think they put any rhyme or reason to it. I'm not saying that they don't make a conscious decision. Well, my child did this. I'm going to punish them. My child did that. I'm going to give them a spanking. I mean, some do think of it that far, but I just don't think we really think about it for the most part. Think of it most deeply. It's just seen as as normal. But I do think a lot of parents may feel that, you know, certain circumstances do warrant it. I don't know if I'm making sense at all. You're making a lot of sense. And I think to your point, when something becomes so ingrained in our thinking or in our culture, it often does go unexamined or unexplored. And so that is why when we see this case with Caesar Emmanuel, it does create a groundswell of discussion. I think it was either Dark One or Helbra who said earlier that with both cases, the most recent being Caesar Emanuel and his 16-year-old daughter, the older case, if you will, being the Creflo Dollar, Pastor Creflo Dollar case, in both instances, many people revered them and said, yeah, there you go, Caesar, that's how you discipline children. There you go, Pastor. As you mentioned, to y'all, he, he came back to a standing ovation, not shame. And so I saw the same thing with the Caesar Emanuel case. I'm reading, you know, came down my Facebook feed, and I'm reading a lot of people's comments, and they were in favor of what Caesar did. And as a matter of fact, you know, the comment that Caesar's partner made was, and I'm paraphrasing, this young lady wants, you didn't even refer to her as young lady, this young lady wants a $600 wig, but she can't wash dishes. And it, it suggests that if she wants nice things, but she can't do her chores, then she must be punished. And that didn't sit well with me at all. And so that is why we're discussing this today. But we have so many examples of where corporal punishment in the Black community is celebrated. And before we go to another one that I know many of our viewers are familiar with, I just want to read a quote and we'll talk a little bit more about this as we transition into the other case. This comes from Dr. Patton's website. And we'll tell you all about who Dr. Patton is if you're not familiar with her. The quote here is on her website, states here, we firmly believe that verbal abuse and punitive acts of physical aggression against children is unacceptable, degrading, and increases the potential for negative short and long-term emotional consequences for individual children, families, and the larger society. So I'm gonna read that again. We firmly believe that verbal abuse and punitive acts of physical aggression against children is unacceptable, degrading, and increases the potential for negative short and long-term emotional consequences for individual children, families, and the larger society. React to that, please. What are you hearing in this, Helbra? Yeah, I'm just hearing pretty much what I agree with. 
you know, there has to be changes in how we discipline our children. And a lot of times the way in which we punish our children isn't even coming from a place of love. It's just coming from a place of, as the quote says, you know, hurt people, hurt people and abuse, abuse to those closest to us. So then would you and or Dark One and or Tioff retract your statement about corporal punishment being a form of discipline? Whether or not it's justified is not where I'm coming from. I'm just discerning the difference between love and discipline. Discipline doesn't, you know, isn't mutually inclusive of love. That's kind of where I was coming from. So I wouldn't retract it in that whatever studies show that it's detrimental in the short or long term. It's just discipline. Um, In terms of whether or not I believe that it is the way that undesired behavior should be curbed, or the primary way? Uh, no, I don't think it's the primary way that you should curb unsavory behavior, but uh, it is one of the methods that can be, that or is used. But um, yeah, it's not the go-to method. To me, discipline, discipline is proactive, should be proactive and not reactive. You should establish discipline and reinforce discipline through numerous other non-physical means so that when the time comes child to make decisions, they are disciplined in their decision-making. Well, let me challenge you a little bit, Dark Juan, and feel free to jump in at any time, Tioff and Helbra. You talk about proactive. What about the instance when the child reacts in a way that is considered disrespectful to the parent? Maybe they're threatening, I'm going to steal the car, the family car, and go out on a binge with my friends. What happens when the incident happens organically or in such a way that you don't have time to go back to those proactive measures and you lean towards reactive? How would you deal with that? Well, see, that it's kind of a chicken and egg situation. But for instance, with me, and this, this is how I want to establish child raising. With me, I knew better than to ever think that I was going to steal my dad's car because he had worked extensively to establish respect in the household. So I knew that that was not something that was going to be acceptable in any manner. So I knew better than to do that. It was a combination of his proactive establishment of discipline and a little bit of physical punitive action. But yeah, so that's why I'm not being polar about my judgment as to whether or not it's, it can be useful or can be effective. Oftentimes you, you can try to converse with children about things after they've done it. But if you don't make it clear what is unacceptable and if they don't buy into that, which many children don't, buy into you just talking them through something, you have to have other means of addressing the situation. And again, not saying that the physical way is the best way, but sometimes you are driven to options that aren't the ones that you would prefer. You know, Dark Juan and, and team, as, as you were speaking, what comes to mind, and, I, and I'm trying to keep it light because this is a very sensitive topic. So one of the things that came to mind was that scene where Samuel Jackson is strung out on drugs. Guys, help me out with the movie. What is the title of the movie? Comes in, strung Jungle out on Fever. drugs. Is it Jungle, Jungle Fever? Thanks, <laughs> T-Off. And is it Ruby D? who is his mother? Yes, Ozzy Davis yeah. plays the father. Oh, okay. Wow. I didn't even realize Ozzy was the father. Yes, you're right. You're right. Helber, the youngest person on the panel. Maybe that's why your memory is so crisp and mine is failing. But, um, you know, I think about that. And did either Ozzy's character or Ruby's character put hands on Samuel? Go ahead. He did more than put hands on him. He shot him and killed him. 
Okay. All right. This got dark. So, so much for Spoiler me trying to keep it to light. That haven't watched it right <laughs> I know. I mean, so much for me it. trying to keep it light. But yeah, thank you, Helbra. It would have been a spoiler alert, but I, I would, I would assert many of us have seen it. But again, I go back to you know because Dark One brought up something interesting as far as proactive measures. Clearly, there was nothing proactive there if it led to violence and apparently death. I totally forgot that. Apparently, I was blocking that out. But we all but remember there, there that scene. Been. There may have been proactive measures. I'm sure just like any parents, they try to establish good principles and values for him to live by, but he chose to go in a different direction, you know? And that was the final straw for them. I'm not saying that what he did was okay, but you could tell that, you know, throughout the movie, this was an ongoing problem and that just became the final straw. But to answer the question that Darquan just expounded upon, when you're a parent, you don't really know how you're going to react to a certain thing that a child does until you're in that situation, it's really difficult to say, well, if your child did this, would you did do that? Right. And, you know, speaking as a parent myself, you really don't know how you are going to react to certain things. But that's where it takes a lot of discipline as a parent yourself, because if your child does tell you something that may be heart-wrenching or gut-wrenching or says or does something crazy, like, how are you going to respond to that? Do you have the mental wherewithal to respond to it in a healthy way? But I feel like when it comes like back to your, the, the scenario you mentioned, if the kid is threatening to steal your car or getting in your face or threatening you with violence, I feel like at that point, it's time for them to get out. If they're getting in your face like that, then it's, it's time for them to leave. Absolutely. And I know there's a listener out there. I won't put her on blast, but we had a great conversation before the cast went into the studio who we were just talking about this. Shout out to you know who you are. We were having this conversation about a child, you know, as we say colloquially, bucking up with a parent. And and what would we do? We had to put ourselves in those shoes. But, you know, great discussion tee off. And of course, Helbert getting my, my failing memory back in order about that infamous scene from jungle fever and of course what you share dark one about being proactive great discussion you know another case that we have to talk about is toya graham so we're here in the studio we're able to use audio and visual devices so um, we will post these links to our website so that you can of course see what we have been viewing but on the on the screen here in the studio is remembering toya graham all right the baltimore mom who many of you may remember, in 2015, seems like just yesterday, six years ago, during Freddie Gray's funeral, and of course the riots that were in progress, if you will, or as a result of uh, the, the whole situation surrounding Freddie Gray, she decided that she was going to punish her son publicly, right? And really became known as the Baltimore mom. Before we transition into Dr. Patton and why Toya Graham and Dr. Patton are related, and when I say related, meaning the relevance, I should say, between this Toya Graham story and we will introduce to those of you who aren't familiar with Dr. Stacey Patton. By the way, the quote we read earlier is from Dr. Stacey Patton's website, Spare the Kid. Talk to me about what you guys thought when you saw Toya Graham on national TV 
assaulting her child. In the photo that we're showing here on the screens, we see her literally putting her hand on her son's head. And I'm pretty sure it wasn't to pat his head. So uh, Helbra, what came to mind when you saw that, that, that footage back in 2015? Yeah, honestly, for me, it was just a, a mother trying to uh, protect her son in the only way she knew how in that moment. Okay. What about you, Darquan? What about you, Tioff? Yeah, to me, it was uh, pretty standard. If I tell you not to be out in the streets doing stupid things, you think you're growing up, you think you're a man, and you think you can't catch these hands, I will approach you in the street and let you know that you're still my kid and get you back under control. It's not shocking, really, to me. She's got a good right hook. Yeah, I just, I don't know if I like that <laughs> at all, Darquan, but okay, I'm let you finish your thought. Yeah, no, but I mean, I'm joking. But yeah, no, she, she did what she felt she had to do. It's, and it's not shocking, especially when you're talking about the mother-son dynamics. Oftentimes, boys will press that issue because they feel like there's really nothing their mom can do to them because they're big enough now. There's so much I want to tease out from what you're sharing because you also introduced, Dark Juan, the idea of, or really what we know to be the case, that oftentimes, I'll speak to the Black communities, we don't have a father in the home. And so the mother is left having to be assertive in, in certain instances where a father may have been able to invoke the discipline or even the fear <laughs> to not step out of line and be deviant, as you even discuss with your father in terms of the rules he set forth in your household. So that's another topic for another day. But I, I disagree. I don't think Toya Graham assaulting her son in on national TV did anything. And I, I haven't done the research to follow up if, if our listeners have on Toya Graham and, and her son. I would love to know six years out how their relationship either has deepened or how it may have, in fact, been impacted adversely because her son, just as, as much as Toy Graham will always be known as the Baltimore mom, he will always be known as the Baltimore son who was shamed in front of national TV. Tiaf, what are your thoughts about this? I kind of agree with the, the guys on this one. I mean, if he was really out there, because in that situation, I don't know the way I see it and the circumstances, either she had to do it or the police were going to do it. But the question is, why would the police do it? Why would the police assault this child? Because that's what why is that okay? Black, that's what police do to black people. Well, not and, and necessarily I, assault him, but if he's out with the corner boys, the police will arrest him and potentially ruin the rest of his life by giving him a case for selling drugs or doing some criminal activity. But he wasn't out with the corner boys. He was expressing his sentiment around the the murder of Freddie Gray. He was expressing, as many of us were, the frustration that when will this change? When will Black lives matter in this country? And so he, like many others, were out there expressing that, that anger and that visceral concern and disappointment and hurt, all of those things. He was right, just but, expressing but he was, himself. He was throwing rocks. He, he was expressing himself with a group of rioters. There's a difference. So if you're expressing yourself in a way that can get you arrested with people who are not expressing themselves in a peaceful, acceptable, legally acceptable way, there's a difference. And especially in that really still to this day, Black youth doing things like that are subject to a different type of treatment and it, some would say retribution from the police. So she considers herself trying to protect him from being caught up in a wolf pack or, you know, 
a group of thugs or whatever they would label those people as. My argument, Dark Juan and, and team, is that Toya Graham then, Miss Baltimore mom, becomes no different than the Baltimore Police Department. And let's cut for a second to Freddie Gray. For those of you who aren't familiar, I'm sure but many of you are. his life, though, because the police were out there. She may have tea off. I, I, I just politely disagree that there could have been a better way. And so let's just talk a little bit about Freddie Gray. We want to definitely speak his name for those of you who aren't familiar. On April 12, 2015, Freddie Gray, a 25 guys, 25 year old African-American was arrested by the Baltimore Police Department, subsequently charged with possessing a knife. And while this is the part that was just gut wrenching, while being transported in a police van, he sustained injuries and was taken to the trauma center, unfortunately pronounced dead due to injuries to his spinal cord. 25 years old. I mean, Helper is the youngest panel member. He's he's not 25, right? And it's just the thought that this this man, this young man, lost his life at the hands of the Baltimore Police Department. And let's be clear, I don't know how old the Baltimore mom's son is, or excuse me, was in 2015. But I think it's safe to say he could see that, wow, Freddie Gray looks like me. I'm upset. And I get it, guys. We talk about the, or you guys have shared, yeah, he was throwing rocks and he was, you know, acting out. But would we also agree that his pain and suffering, his being the Baltimore son, I'm going to call him, could we agree that it was, I'm going to go ahead and, and dare I say that it was justified? Ask that question again. Was the Baltimore Sun's behavior that you all are, are applauding the Baltimore mom for correcting, was it justified? Was he no, justified not. in? Okay. No, it's not. Uh, it's not justified because you can't justify breaking the law or else there would be chaos out here. So, and just as we're talking about ways of addressing issues, you know, there are other ways for him to address his issues. Throwing rocks and violence is not the way to do that. Wasn't there other ways that his mom could have expressed her so-called love and discipline for her child? Besides beating him on his head and running down and, you know, she's heard shouting expletives at him. I mean, let's talk about both sides. Yeah, absolutely. Except the difference here is what are the, what's the worst case scenario on either situation? So he gets humiliated and doesn't get killed. These are the two poles that we're talking about or catching a case that can follow him for the rest of his life, you know? So you have to look at the choice she had to make. I can let him go do whatever he wants and potentially get himself killed or locked up, or I can get out here and prevent those two things from happening. And if he doesn't want to listen, then I'm going to make him listen. I just think, and and this is a great transition, Dark Juan, thank you for your comments to Dr. Stacey Patton. You know, Dr. Stacey Patton talks about when we talk about corporal punishment in the Black community, that we often as parents or loved ones who are trying to, out of love, right, with good intention, discipline our children or our cousins or niece and nephews, that we're bringing the same violence from the streets into our homes. So let's talk a little bit about Dr. Stacy Patton. She deserves the recognition here. So Dr. Patton has written a book, Spare the Kids, Why Whipping Children Won't Save Black America. And in much of what I heard you, Dark Juan, and even Tioff and Helper share is that whooping this Baltimore son 
is a way to save him. Save him from what? Save him from possibly, as you put it, Dark One, catching a case. Save him from possibly being killed in the streets. I think either Helber or Tioff spoke to that. But does it really, right? Long-term, what are the long-term traumatic effects? And again, this is a young man who, for the rest of his life, that video footage that we've all seen will follow him forward. I don't know. Again, I haven't done the research to see if that experience six years ago deepened his relationship with his mother or created a divide in their relationship. But let's talk about Dr. Stacey Patton. Dr. Stacey Patton wrote the book that we just spoke about. I haven't read the book in its entirety. I'm, I'm very big on reading books that really challenge my way of thinking. We talked earlier about our own experiences with spanking. And I'm, I'm going to tell you, I thought it was okay. Cause you know, my, <laughs> my upbringing, I did experience spanking and I feel I turned out all right. Don't, don't address that panel. You guys may have your own thoughts about if I turned out all right, but um, I thought it was fine. You know, I, I saw it as many of you have said as a form of discipline. And I felt, you know, I'm a kid, I need to be disciplined. Dr. Patton, however, believes otherwise. And she is quoted here saying, I hear many parents say there's a difference between spanking and abuse. I disagree. There is no appropriate way to hurt a child's body. That's powerful. Let me read that again. There is no appropriate way to hurt a child's body. Both are forms of violence. Both can damage a child's brain and both can produce the same karma. And so Dr. Patton didn't write this book just because she was anxious to get another book out there. This whole Baltimore mom conversation that we've just discussed in the latter part of our episode was the inspiration. And, you know, what was also interesting to learn about Dr. Patton is that she herself is a child abuse survivor. She grew up in a foster home and was unfortunately subjected to abuse. And so, yeah, we could say, well, Dr. Patton, you turned out all right. You know, you're a nationally recognized child advocate. She's a professor, an author. She has a degree in journalism, attended prestigious universities, John Hopkins and and New York University. So earned her PhD in African-American history from Rutgers. So we could say (laughs) that she turned out fine. But what I think is most important is that Dr. Patton wants to dispel the myth that spanking children is a form of discipline and rather to take a look at what are the the long-term impacts. So her dissertation, for those of you who may be interested, was on, quote, why Black children can't grow up, the construction of racial childhood in America, 1880 to 1954. And it focuses on the acceleration of the Black family's maturity into perceived adulthood I wonder, as this young man, the Baltimore son, matures into adulthood, how he will, air quotes, discipline his children, how he will see abuse. Will he consider spanking or slapping children or partners okay? Is that a concern for those of you on the panel when you have seen children abused in public or Maybe you don't see this abuse. Maybe you just see this as, you know, a mother or, or, or father disciplining their child. I'll tell you, just the other day, I was in a store. I won't name the store. And I turned to pick up, don't judge me, potato chips. <laughs> and I saw a child being spanked. And I thought, you know, you've seen it. You've seen videos. You've seen it in person. The child is being held by one hand. The parent is using, I couldn't really make out what, what the parent was using, but using an object 
to spank the child. The child is spinning around in circles trying to get away from the object. I mean, it was mortifying for me to watch. I can't even imagine for the child. Talk to me, team. What are your thoughts? Was Dr. Patton off base in writing this book? Is she being self-righteous? What are your thoughts? I think, you know, I don't have any children, but I think child raising is situational. People will always want to make these blanket statements about the right way to do these things. And it just doesn't work like that. I think about myself. I was a pretty good kid. And I know that the spankings I got helped me to be the man that I am. I mean, I'm not saying that it is the only way. And again, we should talk about this and not talk about it in a bubble as if, you know, we're not acknowledging that there are other ways, you know, but I know that when there were things that were unacceptable that my dad in particular decided he was not going to tolerate or allow me to get away with, it became very clear to me that I should stop doing those things because all of the other methods were being used. You know, there was positive reinforcement, there were goal setting, there were all the other things that you want to do with kids in order to control them. There was punishment, you know, taking stuff away from me. Okay, we're going to take your computer away, whatever it might have been, your video games, you know, all the different punishment that is non-physical. All of that stuff was going on too. But some things I just didn't listen on, you know, and as I was growing older, especially being a relatively intelligent child, I thought I could outsmart them. And um, there were many times if I had not gotten that punishment, I would have kept doing things that I should have no business doing that were likely dangerous for me. So it's easy to say, yeah, this is the way you should do it. And, and also, I think, again, too, when you are coming from a perspective where you have seen the extreme version of this, i.e. abuse, yeah, it's, she's going to have one particular value system for types of punishment. I mean, I'm not saying she's wrong, but I'm saying she's definitely biased. So you're um, suggesting, so Darquan, that because Dr. Patton has seen the, the other end of the spectrum, you know, uh, severe abuse, um, and I don't know the severity of that abuse, but abuse is abuse, or I'm not going to compare my scar to your scar and say I was hurt more and you were hurt less. Abuse is abuse. You're suggesting that that, of course, influenced her perspective on uh, corporal punishment. Absolutely. It's the reason she's championing this cause. What say you tee off in Helbra? Yeah, I, I agree with Dark One is you can't really put a blanket, is it right or is it wrong? I think it's so situational. I mean, I'm thinking about it from different aspects. I know like most people wouldn't compare humans to animals, but I think human is still part of the animal kingdom. And I look at it from like other animals, there is no kind of disciplining their offspring, it's kind of the parent has their offspring. And if the offspring doesn't do the things it's supposed to do, it's going to die. Right. And, That's a good um, point. I wonder, yeah. I want to ask this really quick, Helper, don't forget your thought. I'm yeah. wondering what Dark One shared, if there was a parallel universe and there was Dark One A, who spoke to reinforcement that kept him on the straight and, and narrow. I wonder if there was Darkwan B in this parallel universe, if he would have turned out to be the same person. Darkwan will have to address that in his wrap-up, but finish your thought, Helper. Yeah, and then um, I go back to a movie, actually a pretty good civil rights movie called Freedom Song. Danny Glover's in it, and he is a father of a teenage boy, and the boy wants to go out to participate in helping people where they live register to vote. And I remember it's pretty much the climax of the movie, actually. Danny Glover's character, he's, you know, really big and really muscular. And he, he got himself between the door 
and his son and he's like yeah you're not going out to get yourself killed and if you do want to go out you have to go through me so i guess my question would be to you lonamaz hearing your opinion on this subject is that a form of abuse of a child you know I, i'm going to answer it with another reference to another movie <laughs> um <laughs> Helbra, and and we got to come around to tee off and, yeah. and as we close up this segment with our wrap-ups i'll say this you know what comes to mind is Cuba Gooding in Boys in the Hood. And it's the scene right. where he was assaulted by the officers and right. he's crying and Nia Long's character is comforting him. Again, my tricky memory. <laughs> I don't recall what his father played by, Lawrence refresh my Fishburne. memory, Lawrence, Lawrence Fishburne. Fishburne. Thank you guys, tricky memory. I don't recall what Lawrence Fishburne did, but I don't think Lawrence Fishburne's character, keep me honest, Helbra T off, Dark One, I don't recall Lawrence Fishburne's character raising Cuba Gooding's character in that obviously gang-infested environment. I don't think he ever hit his child, did he? Was Cuba ever spanked, you know, or slapped by Lawrence no. Fishburne's character? No, right? Nope. And so the question becomes, can we actually parent children, either, as I mentioned before, parents, uh, excuse me, children who are in a single family, a uh, single parent home, can we parent them without having to uh, spank and, and, and abuse? And I go back to this, this quote. Yeah, I get that. But again, <laughs> whether it's a mother or a father, can we actually parent children without abuse? But I think I'm going to I'm going to end up bleeding into the yes. uh, wrap up. So let's go ahead and start the wrap no up now. Unless tee off. Did you have anything else you wanted to share? I'm going to you know, get us back present to the quote by Dr. Stacey Patton here. I hear many parents say there's a difference between spanking and abuse. I disagree. There is no appropriate way to hurt a child's body. Both are forms of violence. Both can damage a child's brain and both can produce the same karma. Tee off. anything that you wanted to add with that? I agree with the gentleman on this one because my question about Dr. Patton is, does she have children? Ooh, I don't know. I don't know. Because but that's a good, that's a good question. Because I understand what she's saying about abuse, especially if she was a victim of abuse herself. And like my mom used to beat me in the streets like that young man was for way, way less. And I wasn't even a bad child. So I understand what abuse is. But again, it's not something that you can say for sure you would know how you, to handle it. Because what we're forgetting, too, is that we can say, oh, I'm going to raise my children one way or another. But children have their own personalities and you you can have one child that comes out a perfect angel and another child that no matter how good you try to raise them, they're going to not come out good. My child wasn't a bad child per se, but she behaved in ways that I never behaved when I was a child and I was getting beat and I was a good child. And it's just really hard to say. I'm not again, I'm not saying that physical violence toward children is OK. But again, like when you don't have children and you don't know how that child is going to turn out, you can't say for sure I'm going to raise my child or discipline my child one way or another because you, you don't know what you're getting until that child gets here. It makes perfect sense to you often. You've got me taking down an action item to do some research to see if the uh, 
beautiful and intelligent Dr. Patton has children herself. Interesting question. And, and thank you for your, your feedback on her quote. So let's do this, guys. Again, I know this is a sensitive topic, but we are very much um, courageous enough to bring important topics to the audience. And I appreciate you all for being partners in this. So let's go ahead and start our wrap up. We'll start with you, Helbra. What, if anything, do you want to leave the audience with as we moved from Caesar Emanuel and his situation with his daughter, the alleged abuse, all the way back to, of course, ending on Dr. Stacey Patton? And her book, as well as her website, by the way, is SpearTheKids.com. Helper? Yeah, I just, I'm glad you brought up Boys in the Hood because I definitely feel that Lawrence Fishburne's character was a great example of, you know, being a father and a parent of general of a Black child and how to raise them and have a healthy relationship with them. Going back to the beginning of our discussion, I definitely don't feel that I will be a parent that uses a physical punishment as a form of disciplining my child. However, I don't agree with Dr. Patton that there is no decipher between that and abuse. And I'm just going back to the uh, Baltimore video to end it on. I feel if you were to ask that young man today, looking back, did he feel his mother abused him in that situation? He would definitely say no. He would in all likelihood say that it helped him, at least in that situation. And I don't think you, Luna, or Dr. Patton can say he's wrong. I'm going to reserve my comments, Helbra, for the wrap-up, but thank you for yours. And we move now to Darkwan. Thanks, Helbra. To segue, his actual words were, I always say it was tough love. Like she says, all those things could have happened and I could have been another victim to society. His name's Michael Singleton. He's 21 now. He's got mentors that are running for mayor in Baltimore. It seems like there at least are some positive changes occurring to his life. And he also seems like at this date in 2021, he still has a good relationship with his mother. That doesn't justify everything though, but that's his unique case. I think in the case of Caesar, I'm concerned about his relationship with his daughter. There, I think there are many things wrong with how he handled that situation. Overall, I think that physical discipline is the last resort. You know, it's the last thing you want to do. I think history has shown that it is one of the tools in the tool bin for parenting that can create some positive results. It may also create some negative results. Just in understanding psychology, I will never argue against the potential for negative results, but I do think that it can change some behaviors. And so when parents feel that they cannot gain the changes in behavior that they want from nonviolent results, that is that last resort that some parents rely on. And I think while we would prefer all the nonviolent means to work, if it comes to saving your child or or some life-threatening or future-threatening situation, I'm not going to judge a parent for using it. And I think there's also a clear distinction between disciplining your children and abusing them. Thank you for that, Dark One. So before I lean in with my wrap up, tee off, we're back to you. Thoughts about anything that the uh, gentlemen have shared, Dark One and Helper, or anything just to button up your, your position on this very delicate, sensitive, and yet very important discussion. Tee off. I think the only thing I can say about this as I wrap up is I agree with Dark Juan's assessment of it. I, I agree with him 100%. 
All right. Well, we thank you. And my wrap up is going to speak to two questions that were posed to Dr. Patton. So like T.O.F. suggested, if Dr. Patton doesn't have children today, maybe her views would even change once she becomes a, a parent. I don't know. It's an interesting thought. But here are two questions that were posed to Dr. Patton in the Family and Parenting Lifestyle edition of Ebony, a magazine that many of us love and appreciate. So the first question is to the question that uh, Darquan and uh, more so Helper had posed back to me. The question from Ebony to Dr. Patton is, you said in your book that Black people are the most locked up, unhealthy, stressed out demonized group of people in America. Whooping children hasn't saved us from any of this, end quote. So why do you think we, as in Black folks, still believe in this? And Dr. Patton responds, we don't make the connection between the historical traumas, the science that talks about the psychological damage that hitting children has, the chronic illnesses that get produced by hitting children, the domestic violence between Black men and women, or the shootings in the streets. We don't take a moment to stop and look and say, quote, how much of that is attributed to what's happened to us in the foundational moment of our lives, which is childhood, end quote. We just don't make those connections. So that's a powerful response from Dr. Patton going back to, I'm glad, you know, Dark One has shared with us that the gentleman's name again, Dark One, the young man, Michael, the Baltimore son? Michael Singleton. I'm very happy to know that Mr. Singleton is on the straight and narrow and he's doing well, but it very well could have caused trauma. And then the last question that I thought is important as we talk about Cesar Emanuel and his 16-year-old daughter. So Ebony is basically asking Dr. Patton, the difference between a three-year-old whose mind hasn't developed enough to understand reason or a 16-year-old who's rebelling. And guys, what's interesting is this article was written probably two, three years ago, actually January 19th, 2017, right? And interestingly enough, Ebony asks about a 16-year-old who would have thunk it. Here we are in 2021, and we're talking about Caesar Emanuel's 16-year-old child. So here's what Dr. Patton says. We have to deconstruct our thinking about Black children. That's half of the battle right there. We have to throw away the fear. We have to throw away the cultural conditioning and the racist ideas about Blackness. Parents must educate themselves in child development. What's happening in your child's brain at two years old? We need a public health program that teaches parents why their child is hitting, why a child fights, and why a teenager may begin to suck her teeth. We are too inclined to think of a child as being intentionally willful when they're actually not. Parents also have to reconnect with their own humanity. There's this sort of intuitive response to beat out of their children the same things that were beaten out of them. For more on this article, please visit ebony.com 
their, again, family and parenting lifestyle. We'll provide the links on our hub. We hope you've enjoyed this discussion. We've shared our personal experiences, our thoughts. There's been some agreement on this panel and some disagreement. But again, it's all in the nature and support of creative dialogue. We hope that you have gotten kernels of truth and nuggets for your own parenting if you're parents out there. And for those of you who hope to become parents one day, we hope this may be a great place of departure as you think about parenting and corporal punishment in the Black, Brown, or other communities. Thank you for joining from wherever you are. We appreciate your listenership. Thank you.